0: This is Tom Shepstone. from
1: uh, natural gas now. Excellent. Looks like the mic levels look good. Just turn it down a tish. There we go. It should be okay. We don't even need to redo them. That's how confident I am with this. All right. See, that's what a pro does. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, anyway, appreciate you joining me. Say, I was on your website uh, the other day, and I noticed... That excuse me here while I do this. Renewable energy industry seeks to scam public during health crisis, and that that's a topic that is really one that if they're not talking about it in the halls of Congress, they need to really fast because it's it's one that's out there, it's real, and it's almost like if anybody brings up anything that goes against the grain, you immediately get publicly shamed by people. So I'm really glad that you kind of have taken this on at least with natural gas now uh right. t- talk to me a little bit about the story who's behind it and was it you was it someone else just let's let's talk about it
0: well first of all uh i wrote a, i published this post which is from the american energy alliance and i have a relationship with them uh, it's not a monetary relationship but a, uh, where they will allow me to uh, use their post uh, they're part of the institute of energy research uh which actually has three different you know blogs that I, I take material from from time to time, and they're good people, and uh, have some very knowledgeable people that are close to the ground uh, politically as to what's happening in the energy field. And I saw this, and I and I I really couldn't believe it. Though I published this on March nineteenth, which was what Friday, uh, Thursday last Thursday. So, uh, I you know I I know the stuff goes on, but when you when you see it in writing, that in fact, you know, uh, the House Democrats are trying to use this coronavirus crisis, and and we can debate how, you know, whether it's a crisis or not, or whether the the measures are right or wrong, or all those things, there's plenty of opportunity to do all that, but that they're trying to push stuff into this bill at this critical time that has zero, absolutely zero, to do with the supposed crisis or real crisis depending on your viewpoint so the the credits that they're asking for relate to uh, solar and wind energy which have been on a ride for a long time and what's been happening is over time uh, these things were supposed to have been temporary when they were first done you know uh, what 20 years ago and so on and over time uh, people have been grown very disenchanted with them Uh, although they still enjoy a certain level of political correctness. And a number of states have tried to limit these kinds of things. The federal government has tried to ratchet it down. Uh, they never they never seem to simply say, uh, time's up, enough is enough. You know That never happens. It's, it's always a very slow ratchet down. But that has been happening. So what's going on now is the Democrats are essentially saying, this is our opportunity to uh, reward one of our key constituency groups, we will get something big and more permanent on these wind and solar energy uh, tax credits. And of course, it's a it's a ripoff of unimaginable proportions. It is, I'm going to say it, this is evil. This is truly evil uh, that these people are trying to do this at this point. I, I don't think I'm exaggerating. So I'm very upset
1: about it. I just want to make sure I'm following this here. Um, are we talking about these like tax credits and tax credit extensions that i've been reading about and hearing about and even had a few people interviewed on this platform about uh like solar and wind there's like a lot of them do this year right am, am i following this right yeah, yeah like like they're ready to sunset right they're ready to they're ready to expire or whatever the case might be and so there's a lot of talk that if these um if these what do, you, what do you want to call them extension, I guess if these subsidies do not get extended, it's going to make that industry extremely vulnerable. Uh, and now, am, am I following this right? Absolutely. I okay. Mean,
0: the, the whole industry, the renewable energy industry, with a few exceptions. I mean, there's a few things that make sense. Uh, geothermal energy has a place for sure. Um, solar rooftop has a place where it's supplemental. You know, wind has a place where it's, it's uh, filling in a gap, you know, that kind of a thing. But on the whole, all these things are gigantic rip-offs. I mean, they do not work unless they get hidden subsidies in the form of, of uh, tax credits and similar types of things. The other one is uh, um, these uh, requirements that you, uh, that you use a certain amount of renewable energy in, uh, in a uh, you know, an energy portfolio if you're a utility. So there's there's so many ways, and it's all invisible to the consumer, the energy consumer, mostly invisible to the energy consumer. It's in very fine print, on the bottom of your of your utility bill, that says you're being charged, and and it uses some kind of uh, uh, euphemistic term that you you really don't even know what you're being charged for. So uh, they've been getting away with this for years. Uh, Congress has been and the states have been trying to ratchet it down, but You know, the Democrats are now trying to uh, ratchet it up in a big way in the middle of a crisis. I mean, they're holding the country hostage,
1: essentially. Are they trying to insert these tax extensions? I'm sorry, these subsidy extensions uh, into this like these trillion dollar packages that I'm, you know, seeing floating around that they're trying to pass emergency wise. And oh, oh, for real, that's where they're trying to insert these things in.
0: Uh, Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Oh, okay. I, I I did and, and, read your article right then because I I'll be honest when I read that I thought I wasn't reading it right. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: It, it it it's it's incomprehensible. It's uh, the, the the legal term for what's going on here is unconscionable. It's unconscionable behavior and that is a legal term you can look it up. Um,
1: this this kind of mirrors the uh, 2009 stimulus bill a little bit, doesn't no it? In question. terms of in terms of just throwing it in there? There's
0: no question about it. And we know what happened there. We 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 know that uh, you know, I I remember a friend of mine, uh, not a particularly close friend, but a friend uh, was involved uh, on the board of a bank in New Jersey and uh, he said to me at the time, we were talking about some railroad stuff that we were mutually interested in. And he said to me, you know, well, we we didn't need that money, but it was so cheap, we had to take it. <laughs> so, that's that's what was going on. I, I couldn't believe he was telling me, you know. They, they took the money, what was it called? It started with a T, I forget, but anyway, the uh, uh, tarp, tarp. Tarp, money. Yeah. Tarp. He said, we didn't need that tarp money, but we had to take it. It was just so cheap, we couldn't turn it down.
1: <laughs> so, so this is this is how it works you know are, let, let me ask you this i'm not I guess I'm not familiar i've been, I have not been following this. what I've been following a little bit is how they're starting to frame some of uh I saw the in Venice you know that the, you can see fish now and some dolphins are swimming in the canal and and where they're they're really starting to frame that you know people staying at home, so the satellite images say that you know. Uh, fr- fracking causes deformed children and things like that, you know what I mean, where they just exaggerate oh, yeah. things, I, I was starting to see the framework of where they were taking just human activity slowing down and spinning it that this is because of fossil fossil fuels not being used and, yeah. and I, I, I get it to some part, I listen, I've, I've been in Southern California and seen smog I, I've been around smog and I, I understand human activity and uh-huh. I, I understand all of that different thing but sure. but at the same time, I do understand when you're not moving boats around in a canal, well, that's going to clear the water up just naturally. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I get some of that stuff too. So so some of this is a little Al Gore inconvenient truth. Uh, oh yeah, you know, and, yeah. and some of it is legit. You know, like I say, there is smog in Southern California. Yeah. That that was a problem for you know a l- uh-huh. little bit, and the industry kind of corrected it and we took care of some things. Uh-huh. And, uh, are you following that at all? Just the framework of how they're trying to uh, attack the industry with this?
0: Well, a little bit. I, I, I must say that I, I you know, I, I, I just simply take that stuff for granted anymore that that's going to happen. And, and we do have to fight back against it. Um, and we have to correct the record. You know, that's all part of what is necessary. It's part of what I do with my blog. But at the same time, I think, I think it's more important to, um, to, Point out what they're doing, you know, which is uh, ripping off the taxpayers and the ratepayers uh, to do this stuff. I mean, so much of what passes for green, what passes for environmentalism, uh, is purely a special interest lobbying for um, government rent. I mean, you know, government rent is what we're, what so many people are after. You know, we 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 need a lot more real capitalism in this country. A real capitalism is cutthroat competition between private entities. It's not ripping off the government for uh, uh, subsidies and and rent, as they say, government rent. And that's what a lot of it's been. And uh, and I don't think we can ever eliminate it entirely from the system, but we can sure control it a heck of a lot better than we have. And we need to we need to expose it. And I so I think uh, the offense. Um, and in this respect, I'm I'm a little bit like Johnny Green. You know, I'm I'm trying to. I'm trying to uh, point out the absurdities of what's going on here and uh, rather than playing defense all the
1: time. It's a tough one. It, it's really difficult because, you know, pointing out the absurdity seems to actually connect a little bit more than than giving somebody verified data. I mean, you give yeah. somebody verified data, and I, I joke, it's like you handed them a turd sandwich or something. Like they look like yeah. di- like they're yeah. disgusted, you know? And- well, there's a thing. Fame- go ahead go ahead no no go ahead
0: well there's a famous book um it's uh, by a philosopher uh uh it's called the pensays by uh, blake and um uh, uh he he wrote in that book and i uh, when i bought a copy and actually it actually was never intended as a book it was actually a series of of observations that was put together after his uh, premature death uh and put into a book because they were so good but he basically said um uh, that Nothing is accomplished by uh, trying to argue, you know, facts or logic. It's the imagination. Facts versus imagination. You, if you want to win an argument, you've got to capture the imagination. The imagination is what sells. And I think our side always, when I say our side, people believe in energy, believe in work, you know, all traditional values. We tend to always try to respond with facts and logic. And we've got to get better at the imagination side of this stuff if we want to win the arguments. You know, we just uh, we we just can't keep trying to play this game of throwing out facts and assuming the other side, which is approaching things from a religious perspective, um, uh, semi-religious or pseudo-religious, I should say, uh, perspective. Um, you know, facts don't matter. They just don't. They simply don't matter. And logic doesn't matter. It's it's a, it's a uh, the true believers and uh, that's you know there's also a book by that name which uh, gets at this
1: issue too well let me ask you some facts here as one journalist to another one storyteller to another and you can wear either hat if you'd like you can wear both of them if you'd like because there's <laughs> a it's it's like terry edom and i always joke about terry edom up in canada he's a uh a blogger He's also a right. writer, and he's also an author, and we joke that I don't think anybody knows that those are three different, distinctly different things. But, um, <laughs> any, well, to be a, you know, to be an author and a, and a writer are really different, and, and a blogger yep. is completely different. Uh, yep. at, at any rate, the the reality is 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 COVID nineteen and the coronavirus is currently here, and it has already disrupted the economy. And if the oil and gas industry was, was moving along to where it was before, we might've been able to not have these stimulus conversations happening right now, because let's be honest, you know, the oil and gas industry carried the rest of the country for about five to 10 years, really. Um, in the last 15 years, it did. I've seen, I've seen the stats and it's the only industry that added jobs in the last 10 years. The technology Uh industry didn't, the, uh, healthcare industry didn't surprisingly with with the, uh-huh. the the increases they've had. So when when I look at the oil and gas industry, kind of getting beat up a little bit, I'm like you. I'm an old school capitalist to where a guy can come into a community, find a niche, and when the when the economy's not doing as well, he understands that and gives back to his community in any which way he can because he understands the symbiotic relationship that the only reason he's got money is because the community gave them that money and so it kind of, yeah it kind of goes back and forth so the fact is I mean Vegas is going to be shut down for another 30 days and when yeah. you look at just what that's going to do to the economy and you uh-huh. know you've got restaurants that are shut down and I always yeah. like to, I always like to bring up the first line of defense as the ripple so people understand a server they they need cash money they need daily cash money in many states they don't even get minimum wage. That's how much reliant they are in cash. So when, right. it, when the server can't pay their rent or mortgage, most times they supplement a mortgage or pay rent. Usually a server can't afford a mortgage by themselves, but maybe they can in some cases. Now, nevertheless, uh, there is going to be not only the server affected and the restaurant owner affected, but now you got the landlord of the server being affected. And so just right there, you've got, you know, a three ripple without even thinking very hardly. Now, now let's go to the oil and gas industry here to where, boy, this, this, this really impacted the industry in a way that they didn't see coming, in a way that Russia and everything else. What are you hearing from people? What are you seeing in terms of trends and other things happening that maybe the oil industry should pay attention to?
0: Yeah, well, uh, there's no question that it's being affected uh, dramatically. I mean, if I'm looking at the uh, natural gas price right now on my website, we have a little thing that tells you it's uh, sixty. You know, that's incredibly, incredibly low. You know, everybody was hoping to get it up to uh, $4 uh, by this time, you know, if we look back a couple of years. So what this has done is it, it, it's, it's exaggerated the, uh, the impact of being in a commodity business. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're in a commodity business, you, you constantly have to lower your costs. There are very few, if any, opportunities to increase revenue. You constantly have to lower costs. That's the nature. It doesn't matter. I think we've had this conversation before. It doesn't matter whether you're in the dairy business or you're in the steel business or you're in the oil and gas business. You're selling a commodity. And commodities, uh, there are very few opportunities to set your own prices. You are vulnerable to whatever the market is because it's something that everybody needs, and when there's too much of it, the price goes down, and when there's not enough of it, the price goes up a lot. And uh, right now, we've overproduced. I've uh, been doing it for a long time, and as a result, we have a situation where prices are abysmally low, and now here along comes the coronavirus and uh, reduces, uh, just as one example, reduces uh, all the you know, the driving. I mean, I was talking to somebody from... Uh, uh, Long Island earlier today, and he was was going into the city. He was driving as he was calling to me to see his el- very elderly parents, which he's not supposed to do, but he's going to do anyway uh, because uh, he, he properly feels that giving them comfort is more important than dealing with their th- you know threats that are their health. And um, the uh, he, he said to me, "The city is like a ghost town." He said, "There's the as you can drive right through the city, you know." With no obstacles whatsoever. So imagine what that means. This is the heartbeat. New York City, like it or not, is the heartbeat of the world in terms of commerce. So, uh, and it's dead. It's absolutely dead at the moment. And so,
1: that and and that's that that's any town USA right now. To be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went. To, we, my wife and I, like to eat out on weekends. We usually eat out two or three nights, and uh, um, we went to one of our favorite restaurants. Well, our restaurants are closed here, but they all do takeout. So we went to one of our favorite restaurants, got got takeout on Saturday night. It was very good. and and But they when I went there, they said they weren't going to do it anymore. They tried for a few days and only a few people came, so they were going to shut that down as well. Um, now, fortunately, um, this particular what? business has something else they can do, but but there you
1: go. Let there me ask you, you this. You, you, you're a smart guy, and you understand capitalism, okay? Uh-huh. And I, I think you and I have maybe even talked about this before, where, you know, the oil industry is really the last bastion for capitalism. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, you look at every other industry, they're so subsidized that it's not a free market, and that's that's and and there's I do not feel guilty at all by saying that at all that the oil industry is the last bastion for capitalism. That's really what attracted me to the oil industry. Yeah, and, yeah, I'm and, with you. I'm totally with you. Okay, so when when I see what's going on here, this really concerns me. This really concerns me because, um, I, I don't want to put a conspiracy hat on. But at the same time, I don't want to ignore some of these factors. That is, I don't know how you can shut an economy down the way they have that is so socialized to begin with to not come back and become even more socialized. And I'm not trying to get into some political yada-yada discussion. I'm just trying to figure no, I out that. that, that I, I, I don't know what they can come back with except something like that.
0: Well, let me, let me give you a little source of uh, uh, some hope. Let's put it that way.
1: Please I think, do. I think,
0: <laughs> I think the president's doing a, a good job on this. You know, we can all pick at this or that, but I think he's doing a good job because what he's emphasizing over and over again is uh, the the way he's working this through private industry rather than government. You know, government is obviously playing a huge role, but he's emphasized over and over again that, that look, uh, for example, for the testing, we're not going to continue to rely on this ridiculous government system that, that's antiquated and, and couldn't possibly do it. We're going to go directly to industry. We're going to set up work with private labs and all that kind of stuff. And as a result, I think he's instilling uh, uh, a, a sense that when you really want to get things done, you do need a capitalist economy. And also, um, he is he is uh, cutting all kinds of additional. Reg- he was always a big regulation cutter, but now he's an even bigger regulation cutter. And we have even you know liberal governors deciding all of a sudden they don't need to regulate this or that. Uh, they are you know everybody's changing their ways, and, uh, uh, and and we may find, for example, just to get off on a totally unrelated topic we may find cyber schools and school choice and homeschooling and all those things being a lot more popular all of a sudden, don't you think? Um, Because of what we see with this.
1: We're definitely going to have a hybrid going forward. Um, In fact, I was talking to a couple business people yesterday, and you might start seeing office shares instead of timeshares. You might start seeing guys guys and girls, excuse me, a little old school here. Jeez, boy, that's... Got, got to be careful today's day and age. Um, oh yeah. So oh, yes. I mean, you know, you, you could. It's back like when Howard Dean made that funny noise and ruined his political career. You know, you get one, <laughs> you, you you get one second of excitement, and you know it can be the end of it. But no, I mean to right. where the, people understand that most of the work that you do can be done at home, but there is a yeah, need for right. an office. But there is a need for an office, and so. You know, like I was talking to a guy yesterday. Well, maybe, you know, three different uh, companies go in on, a, an, on an office together. And you know what? Monday, this company gets it. Tuesday, this company gets it. Thursday, you know what I mean? They kind of just... Uh, there's no t- question. Yeah, and and to me, I, I see where that's going to be the future. Um, we're going to start doing some things outside the box. We're going to yep, start yep. Uh, approaching things a little bit differently. And that's what I mean when I say when we come back in the next, you know, say 90 days when this is all said and done. Because when we're doing this interview right now, I just read three more states shut down. Like the governors yeah, yeah, came out yeah. and shut them down. So, yeah. we, you know, we're far from this. I think this will probably go through mid-summer, if not more. And oh, my God, I hope you're wrong. I really yeah. hope you're wrong on that. Well, just yeah. ve- just Vegas being 30 days right there, you know, you're talking, you know, in the Yeah and And that's yep. and and that's gonna take a little bit to bounce back anyways um, well,
0: i think I think this is an area where the president's gonna to have to give some real leadership and uh you know and 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 start to make the case logically for why uh things we need to get the economy going again. Well, we and need to lift some of these and, and
1: and that's where i'm a little bit disappointed in the republicans right now to be honest because uh-huh. they, they were the ones that led with this this stimulus package and oh, i know i, oh, I agree know. with you the way trump's trying to slash some of the regulation and taxes because what's going on here is at the end of the day tom the, the there's yep. still the same amount of money on the planet I mean, it's still circulating around the planet. What we've got to do is we've got to incentivize and get the people to spend it instead of hoarding it, instead of trying to go after them and get their grandkids' kids' 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 money. That doesn't make any sense to kick it down when when you can open it up. I See, the, people don't like me talking like this. They don't like me trying to... I, I would love to see in the next 90 days come back with more of a free market as opposed yeah. to less of a free. I am not hearing anybody talk about opening up the free market. All I'm hearing people do is talk about more control, less less uh, uh, rights, and all these. Other, and I get it. There's there, there's some serious stuff going on. But if we yeah. take care of it, why not come back with a fresh new market out there? That's how I look at yeah. it. But yeah, um anyway so I, I, I could
0: not agree more and I just hope and pray the president will take that direction um and try to uh, try to, to lead in that path uh I, this whole thing you know with this these these bills are just uh it, it's the only way Washington seems to know how to work I was pleased that uh, uh the head I can't think of his name at the moment but the guy who leads the American Petroleum Institute did an interview on one of the financial networks the other night and uh, he made a very strong impassioned um, plea that we do rely upon the, the private market and, and as tough as it is for the the industry right now and the industry is going to suffer awfully uh... they do not believe in handouts they would prefer that we keep a free market approach to this and so that that's the best way to to deliver what the market, what people need, let's put it that way. The market is only a reflection of people.
1: And you're, you're referring to... A, oh, go ahead, sorry.
0: Yeah, well, market. the market's just the way that people vote, that's all. So. That's, that's,
1: yeah, I was going to say, and you're referring to Mike Summers, right, the API president? Yeah, that's right, yeah. that's right, Mike Summers. Uh, by the way, Mike Summers was scheduled to be in this program in May at the Williston Basin Conference, has now been bumped to September, but he will be uh, yeah. a guest on the program. And we did talk oh, that's about... Great. We talked about him a few weeks ago when he first came out with that. In fact, he came out with that right away, like before anybody even really had a chance to process it. He came yep. out and I and I brought this up and I'd like to know your opinion on this. And I, I'm sorry to keep you so long, but what the heck, That's you right. know? Um is is this is one of the things where we looked at the oil and gas industry with this big crew shift you know that's going on 70 percent of uh-huh. the industry is going to be retired by 2022 but now based yeah. on it might be a little bit later now by the way think of all those uh, old retirees that a lot had a lot of oil stocks and then a lot oh, of yeah. the other stocks that i di- diversify i feel really bad for those guys because it's in the tank yeah. and uh, anyway getting back to the, the the other point at hand here um I did notice when Mike Summers came out with that knee-jerk reaction. I mean, it was it was so knee-jerk. He res- <laughs> he, he responded before a lot of other media outlets even had the story. Like yeah. that that's how knee-jerk it was. Like he didn't check with anybody. He's like, No, we, yeah. we like we we, <laughs> we 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 know how the industry responds on this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well and then and then all of a sudden, you know, the bailout talks started started ramping up more and more. Will the oil industry yeah. need a bailout? This and that. Well then all of a sudden yeah. other organizations were saying, Didn't you listen to Mike Summers? He said no. We say no too. And I yeah. I started thinking, going, you know, this is one of those line in the sand moments for the oil and gas industry because if they take a bailout the new generation coming in has changed the oh, industry yeah. forever i really believe no, that no question yeah no do, question about it do, do you understand what i mean i'm not trying to make this bigger than it is but i think it is that big
0: i do too i i totally agree and 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 you know there's so many people in the industry that want to play ball with the establishment so to speak and uh and it's always refreshing to see somebody that doesn't. And uh, I was thrilled with uh, what he said, and and uh, I hope we continue to see some more things like that, because if, if they do surrender to this, you're right, it's the end of the game, because at a certain point, what will happen is, uh, if they take it now, it, they'll take it away later, you know, after the industry has become dependent upon it. And, of course, we're seeing this with other aspects of the energy industry. The nuclear people have sold out, totally sold out. And I'm not against nuclear energy. Uh, I'm all for it, but but the but I it, it's absolutely revolting how they are scrambling for government subsidies at this point. Totally scrambling. I mean, we're we're living in a corporatist world, you know. Just uh, it's very
1: what I struggle you know. with is the energy industry really is the last industry for opportunity. And I know I said yep. ca- I said capitalism before, and and I and I mean that, but I also mean opportunity. And what I mean is you take a look at the technology sector and even go back to apple computer they uh-huh, uh-huh. They, they actually uh, he, he, i think it was hewlett-packard passed on it because they yep. were under contract because steve wozniak yep. worked part-time for hewlett-packard and uh-huh, and uh-huh. so the technology industry owns you and in the yep. agriculture industry as soon as monsanto took over that industry they they owned all the patents and everything else and same thing in the yeah. entertainment industry. That's been completely uh, ho- yeah. Hollywoodized. The energy industry is the only industry that I know of where a guy who works for an oil company can figure out a new vibrating tube that saves the company money. Yeah. And next thing you know, a month later, he's a president of his own company and he's got three big clients and he can, I yeah. mean, that, I don't know any other industry that still allows that.
0: that I, I, boy, that's, those are great examples. And I, I would just, again, to give you some more hope, I mean, uh, I started buying, I never bought had a Ford vehicle in my life until Ford refused to take the auto bailout. Okay. Now I'm sure they get some help with other, you know, other ways indirectly, but they refused to take the auto bailout. I made up my mind at that time. As much as I love my neighbor who owns a Dodge dealership, I was not going to buy another one. I was going to buy a Ford and I bought three of them since. So, uh, uh, I believe people do want uh, the the independence and the, the less reliance upon government when they really think about it. Um, and I would point out one other thing, and then I probably need to cut this short. But uh, but the on my blog today, I have a post. It's not getting as much attention as I hope, but I did a post on oil and gas music. Now, what does this have to do with, with what we're talking about? It has everything to do because you just talked about the guy who works for a an uh, oil company or a gas company, and uh, you know he may start out at the on the ground level and then he works his way up to be president and there's a certain culture to this industry which is reflected in the music and it's kind of it's kind of hardcore independent scrappy um and uh, you might enjoy it. Take a look at it, and uh, you'll see some examples of uh, you know Johnny Cash singing "Roughneck" and uh, Waylon Jennings uh, singing background to a, a, an outstanding video about the
1: oil industry. No kidding. Um,
0: and, yeah, and I think I think these the culture is what attracted you. And you started off the, the, our talk today about the culture attracted you, and the culture is what attracts me to this industry. It's like get your hands dirty. Yeah. Get rid of the pretense, you know. Just get something done, you know. And if you've got a problem, figure it out. Go around it, <laughs>
1: you know. So. That's right. why we, we, in fact, the original name of the show was Living the Crude Life uh, 10 years ago uh, yeah. because, yeah, because it, it's a whole different way of life, you know. And we used yeah. to joke that until you can make a million-dollar decision on two hours of sleep with a seatbelt in in, wedged in your back while take, getting a nap behind Walmart, you haven't lived the crude life, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> So it, how, of, how, how, no. go ahead I was going to say how can people support your cause I know that uh, you know now is a good time for people to go check out your website a lot more people working yeah. from home they've got check, furloughs.
0: Yeah check out naturalgasnow.org naturalgasnow.org and if you like what you see there uh, can sign up as a supporter it's only
1: 99 cents a month so there you go really cheap.